It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And uh, I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how are you? You sound a little under the weather. Hey man, I got my uh, sticky shoes, uh, Phoebe Buffet voice going on today. The uh, allergies have settled in and uh, we're keeping it a little bit on the uh, NPR side of the podcast today. Is uh, get a little heavy voiced and whispery as I'm sipping tea, not coffee. So it's going to be a little more on the silky side of Zach working this week for After Nine. So. Zach working, <laughs> Zach working. Singing the jazz music down at the club. Bringing you those slow jazz ballad hits on a Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Let that rain roll down your window today and let that gravy train just roll through town. <laughs> there's like one listener that was like, that sounds like my Thursday morning DJ. Like there's somebody, <laughs> there's, there's somebody that really connected with that and there's what somebody else. What youth minister is listening to this centru- like sensual jazz while going into the office on Thursday? In the midday? I, mean, I don't know. You know, like listen, like Christian radio is pretty repetitive and so sometimes on a Thursday morning after a big Wednesday, you just want something a little smoother, right? Just a little, you know. If it's a if it's a gray cloud Thursday, you know, with your Earl Grey tea, who yeah, knows, like, man? I, I just I'm trying to imagine the mindset that puts you in as you walk into the office. Like, I mean, I just feel like you're like uh, dancing inappropriately in front of the copy machine. No, no, you're taking it. It's not. It's not that kind of silky jazz. It's the kind of silky jazz, Chad, that gives you that swagger and that shuffle step when you walk into the office. So you're making it all kinds of sensual. It's not sensual, baby. It's it's shuffling. I mean, we just it's good. It's real good. So, <laughs> all right. Well, so. welcome to After Nine, the uh, less silky and smooth youth ministry <laughs> podcast that is full of honesty, trying to answer those questions that matter most to you in youth ministry. If you've ever walked across the parking lot on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a midweek gathering. At the end of all the things, you've finished teaching, you got the last kid out, you had that conversation with the parent about your protocol is to pick up at 8.30, not to think about leaving Walmart at 8.30, and then you know exactly where we're coming from. And if you've ever asked the questions that are deeply related to calling, purpose, meaning, and meaningfulness about youth ministry, then this is the podcast for you. And we believe that we try to answer those as honestly as possible, and we value our listeners and our community. So the question that I have for you today, Chad Higgins, comes from my own personal lament of the last couple of weeks. So we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but usually with a little disdain. This week's question is, how do I do games better or make the most of games? Because I need your wisdom and expertise because this last Sunday, I may have collected a resource from the internet that was a quality resource, but lacked a quality explanation. And I think I butchered a game <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> For my group, and I need to know from you because you you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was almost just like surprised how cavalier you were. And it's talking about these categories and like processes to games. Like, 
Are all games not created equal, Chad Higgins? Help us out. Give us a better guide to gaming. Not the video kind that I understand, but the group gaming that you excel in. All great, all games are not created equal okay. at all by any means. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that um, like anything that we talk about here on the podcast, um, we want all of our elements inside of um, our service or whatever we're doing with our students to have a purpose and have a meaning. And so I, I think that even games are part of that. You know, Zach, you talk about um, the ministry of fun and, and incorporating fun into inside um, your large group things or your small group stuff, um, because a lot of times students need that element, especially when we're, sure. when we're thinking about middle school students and connecting well and all those kind of things. It opens up the doors. And so um, I, in my mind, man, and when we started talking about this, I, I just always – maybe it's the way I think, but I always put things in categories. And so okay. um, a, a few different types of category games that I always think of are upfront games, right? Okay. These are games that you, you know, invite one student up, two students up. Uh, most of the times it'll be two students and it's either a race or something like that. Like a head to head challenge of some kind. Right. And so you're bringing um, multiple students up in front of your crowd. Okay. And so, um, so kind of a gladiator spectator sport, right? Like right. this is the Coliseum and yeah. Okay. And I think it's always important when we're thinking of games and how to do games, that we're trying to make it fun for everyone in the room. Okay. Right? Because if your upfront game is not visually stimulating, like okay. it will fall flat on its face, right? Like I've played games before that were probably pretty fun for the person that's participating, but then I'll look at my audience and they're like completely unengaged, right? Okay. Um, because it's hard to see, right? Like um, I think of games where – um, okay, so I played this game where students had to take um, a can of alphabet soup. Okay, they had Great. to put games. put their face in it, and then they had to like <laughs> spit out letters and then spell words. Okay, okay, okay. It's a funny game. Like if you're sitting in the audience because you see these people like diving into soup. Sure, just head first into a bowl of soup. But when they're spitting num letters out on a table, like you can't see them spell anything. Okay, you know what I mean. So that that's right, not right. a visually simulated game unless you have access to cameras and you're able to throw that up onto the screen. Kind of image magnification, things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And so okay. there's these upfront games that that you have to think through. And so when you're developing those games or you're about to play those games, think through those. What are ways that I can engage my audience um in this game what makes it more visually stimulating to them and so anytime you can put like graphics and things on the screen like that's always going to help all of that kind of deal um so more than just the players in the game it's also the people in the arena too so right. like, what whether, whether the audience is eight people or 80 people like if you're going to do an upfront game that features one person two people or a couple leaders don't just think through what's fun and what works for those on stage, but for those that are watching it. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So Zach, before we dive any further and I'm putting you on the spot really quick. All right. I'm ready for it. What's one of your all time favorite upfront games you've ever played with your students? Oh man. So I love, I love the upfront game. It's an oldie, but a goodie where you take three people. So I'm an improv guy. So I love anything that has like roots in improv. And so I love the oldie, but a goodie game where you take like, two to three people out of the room and tell them that they have to come in and sit on the chair 
and like act out like something on the chair. And while those people are removed from the room, being told they're having to act out like riding on a roller coaster or they're going to have to like, you know, ride a rocket or they're riding like a bucking Bronco or whatever the like kind of like super active, busy, weird thing could be. Everybody else in the large room is told that they are acting out what it looks like when they go number two. And so for me, like that game is always good once with a group because if they haven't played it before, I think it's a really funny game that like people that aren't funny get to be funny. And it's, I mean, obviously like poop games that are not with actual like feces or, you know, are are pretty classic staple youth ministry kind of games. People that get to be funny that aren't funny is great. And so people that get to be in the audience laughing like their guts out is also super good. You made that statement like you know multiple feces games without feces. I'm just saying that like a lot of you. I'm going to tell you my. Okay, Uh, I'll table. We'll table it. All right, Chad, save save us from the scatological. Um, Here's my favorite game, and I think that we will hear of multiple youth ministers playing this game. It is one of the best. Okay. All right, you've got you've got to get your hands on a leaf blower. That is okay. not gas powered, so you need an you need an electric okay. an electric, electric leaf blower. blower. Okay, you are going to okay. plug that leaf blower. <laughs> I love when youth pastors go to Home Depot for a no oh, good yeah. reason. Well, for a very good reason. Yeah, go go You're on. <laughs> plug that leaf blower into a okay. power strip that has an on and off switch. Switch. Okay. okay. Um. Then that power switch will be plugged into the wall. So, okay. Surge protector into the leaf blower with a on and off switch on the surge protector. Now you're going to take a table and you're going to put a handful of flour on top of that table. (laughs) Okay. Not, (coughs) you can't purchase that at home Depot, but on your trip to home Depot, stop by your local baked goods store and you get a sack of flour. Great. You are then going to take a student. You're going to put goggles (laughs) on them. You're going to knowing or an unknowing student. (laughs) You're going to make them put their chin on top of the table. Oh no! Right in front of the flower. So you have students' chin, flower right in front of them, (laughs) leaf blower facing the flower. Okay. The leaf blower is turned off. Okay. Okay. You have one of your leaders down at the surge protector. They will begin to turn it on and off, back and forth. So you hear the click, 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 click. Okay. If you put a microphone down there, it just helps with this. Even better. Okay. Okay. The student with their chin on the table will yell "stop." When they yell "stop," clearly that power surge protector may be on or it may be off. We do not know yet. The leaf blower is then turned on. If they yes. guess correctly, nothing will happen. Safe. They'll sit down, okay. next student up. If they guess incorrectly, flower all over the face from the leaf blower. The game Excellent. is phenomenal. There's no real Excellent. like winner to it, right? It's just like you just <laughs> you do about like you know eight of those and just like pull, pull students through. Literally every time I've played that game, it's one of those games that at the end of the night you'll have a line of about eight middle school boys that are just like, um, "Can I play the game? <laughs> can I practice for fun?" Yeah. And they just want to do it over and over again. That's great. And it is yeah. a That's blast. Great. It's a blast to play. It is so much fun to watch. 
Um, and so it's it's a great game, upfront great game. Well, and that create and that's such a great example of an upfront game that only one person is spotlighted. So you have that comfortability of like if you have somebody that just does not want to play, they don't have to. But if you have somebody that is kind of your uh, youth ministry mascot. <laughs> Or just super eager volunteer. What a great way to get them on stage and to kind of embarrass them a little bit because they've asked for it. Uh, but the suspense, right? Like that's the part that's so great is that whether you, you know, whether you're in the back row or the front row, being able to like hear that click or waiting for like what the result will be. Right. That's that's great, man. That's genius. That's a great example of a, of an upfront game. Yeah. So a spectacle. So any, oftentimes, though, when I think of up, upfront games, there are categories inside of there. So. An upfront okay. game, um, I would consider a PowerPoint game, an upfront game. And so, okay. Um, Something screen based yeah. that people are responding not to. The all, okay. Not all PowerPoint games are upfront games. Some of those will be okay. um, uh, in the other categories that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but, but a lot of them are upfront games. You'll bring somebody up front, they'll, um, they'll walk through that. Um, you have your messy upfront games, right? Where, like the flower one, or students are eating things or whatever. Um, I, I, sure. Gross games and me do not do not get along at all. I have a sure, weak sure. stomach, and uh, anytime your youth minister is gagging on stage while kids are trying to do something, like that's just <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. That's hard to transition <laughs> into worship after that, right? Like, right. Um, <laughs> when you when you go from youth minister throw up to uh, gospel teacher, it's a it's a difficult <laughs> yeah, transition. Yeah. It really is. It's a dual role that's hard to navigate. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, um, so I, I think of that upfront game, and and often trivia games and all that are incorporated into those upfront games, whether they're race or quality or whatever. So th- that's yeah. always one of the categories upfront games. The second type of category that I think of in games um, are mixers. Okay. So, um, what does a what does a mixer look like other than um, uh, the thing that sits on my cabinet that I never use? <laughs> right. That your wife paid like three hundred fifty dollars for. If you don't have the KitchenAid, <laughs> then watch. Why are you messing? Why are you messing? So, um, mixers are great. Um, I I always try to incorporate at least one mixer into my games once a month. Um, it, okay. It just they're full crowd participation games, so everybody's going to participate in it. They're going to be okay. moving around, talking, interacting with one another. Um, these are great games when you're trying to really build some community um, in your student ministry. Maybe you've got some pockets of students that aren't interacting with others. And so if you can get everybody sure. moving, um, everyone involved in, in it some way. And so um, these these are games to where uh, maybe they're all working towards a, a, a task or something like that. So you may involve like team building in some of these, you know. Um, mixing type games or, or um, they're like – so one of the mixer games that I think of a lot is um, body parts. If you've ever played body parts. Okay. You get, Classic, yeah. Um, each student grabs a partner. You get one circle in the inside, one circle on the outside. They go in opposite directions and then you call out two random body parts, you know, knee to elbow. And then those students have to find their partner in the chaos Put knee to elbow, and then the last person moving is out, and you go until you get the final one. Um, so that would be like a mixer type game. Everyone's involved, we're moving around, all of that kind of stuff. 
Okay. So this is uh, group size doesn't really matter because they're creating their own. They're all participating on their own or they're participating in whatever group size is comfortable for them. Nobody's being embarrassed on stage because it's all just kind of happening in the mix. No, that's good. Uh, what would maybe be another category that would kind of be like mixers? Uh, I mean, so how would, how would you classify some of the more like traditional like steal the bacon or – uh, maybe some more kind of pseudo competitive kind of games. Like, wh- wh- how do you create space for some of those things that you've got? Like that group of guys or girls that just wants to have like a game where there's like winners and losers. Like, is that a category for you, or do you kind of like well, so, push those out? So or? games, games like that, I would consider gym games. Okay, right? okay, um, because you've got to you've got to have a space like that to play. Some- <laughs> That's not probably happening in the classroom, right? right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, hard yeah. if you have chairs set up for everyone to be like. All right, I need half of your group on this side. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> yeah. you need some space. Just, like, braveharting each other over the top of chairs and, like, just chaos. Yeah, even, just a melee. Even a game yeah. like I talked about earlier, Body Parts. Body Parts is probably a little more of a gym game anyways. Or at least a cleared-out space. Right. <laughs> at, least, at least somewhere where they're not going to get literally tangled up in the furniture. Sure. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, sometimes sometimes mixers are good when you have like furniture. So one of the mixers that um, that I think of a lot is um, I call it categories. Okay. Um, and so normally I'll do this at like the beginning of semesters or things like that. Um, and to where you, um, like you'll you'll name out like favorite potato chip. And then all your kids start yelling, and then they got to find everybody in the room that likes the same type of potato chip as them, and they got to get into clumps, right? And so normally what I'll do there is it's like, okay, favorite candy bar, they find everybody that likes Snickers, and then I'll try to – I'll think of a question that involves like that thing, right? So it's like if it's candy bars – then I'll I'll maybe ask like, what's your favorite memory that involves that candy bar? Okay. And then they'll talk to somebody in that group, right? And so then it takes this game to this new place, right? Where not only are now they they stop the yelling for a moment, but they're having this interaction, this conversation with somebody that they may not have had that conversation with that night, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah, so no, we'll do, we'll do some things like that. But the real big purpose with the, behind these mixers is not just, hey, this is entertainment, but we we want to get students involved, interacting with one another, um, and and get everyone involved. And so that's when I think of the mixers. That's Let's good. take a that's break. Good. When we come back, we'll talk about yeah. a couple more categories. Um, and then we'll talk about why this why this is all important for us. Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. We want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash afternine to become a supporter. You can also visit www.afternineministry.com slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. Hey, welcome back to Afternine. My name is Zach Worker, and this is my buddy, Chad Higgins. And we're here talking about games today. Uh, it just feels like back to school, Chad. 
it, they're important. I mean, we've got new students rolling in. It's a new school year. Kids are getting those phones fixed after summer. So you gave us three great categories on the first half of the episode today. Those categories were upfront or spectacle games, um, mixer games that involve the whole group, maybe not on stage, and then some kind of gym games or some dedicated recreational large space kind of games. So those are kind of the first three categories. But really, I think, Chad, everybody's been talking or at least kind of feeling this last category that you kind of shared with me. Or, or it's, it's, got, it's multifaceted, it's diverse, but I feel like there's a lot of things that get packed into this last category. So what's your, what's your fourth and final category for us, Mr. So Higgins? The, four, the fourth and final category is our tech games. Um, these are... Um, I mean, obviously, tech games are pretty new in student ministry, right? Students didn't have access to smartphones. Uh, maybe youth ministers didn't have access to as many, you know, tech kind of stuff as they've had in the past. And and so we're starting to use tech games a lot more. Um, I know I use tech games um, for multiple different reasons. Um, some of these, and, and some of these may sound a lot like some upfront games, but they incorporate kind of everybody involved, but utilizing their cell phones. So one of the games that, that I absolutely love is, um, a game called caption this. Okay. So I'll go on, I'll find some great pictures online. Um, I'll throw them up on the screen and with our students and it's just like, okay, caption this photo. Tell me what's happening in a funny way in this photo. And so they'll get super creative, right? They're, they're basically creating their own meme or their own GIF. And, and so they will text their response to my phone and then I just rapid read responses. Okay. And so it's really fun because students are – they're engaged. They're texting. You know what I mean? They're, um, they're getting creative with, with what they're seeing. Um, and then incorporating it, and it's just a, a load of fun, right? Because your kids that are super funny, right, they'll throw out these great lines, and you get to read them, and everyone laughs, and all that kind of stuff. And so it's this kind of shared um, community of laughter that happens. That's cool. Another game that I always play at the beginning of every semester is basic just text races. Okay. And so I have students, they've got to put their, their name inside the text message. Okay. And then I'll throw up a um, phrase that they have to be see if they are the fastest texter in the room to, to send get it their perfectly text to through. you. Okay, okay. And so what that does for me, Zach, and here's why I do it at the beginning of every semester: students' phones numbers change quite a bit, or they that's get right, new phone right. numbers, or we get like new guests. And so this allows me to get every student in my room to text me, and then that night. I get to go through my phone, and because I had them text their name, I can immediately add their name to their number. Nice. And now I have all these uh, new students' numbers saved on my phone. I can te text them updates, things like that that are coming. And so it's just a sly way to get them into my phone without having them to fill something out and then me have to like uh, manually enter every single one of their numbers. And so gotcha. um, that, that helps me a lot. So we have text games like that. I know there are other services – uh, that you can find online that are, you know, graphs and things like that for students to text in um, and create some games like that that are using cell phones. So trivia whiz kind of stuff yep. where they can like text and they can respond from their phone can be a remote for the kind of game that they're playing. No, that's Absolutely. Good. That's good. Well, again, I think I think the wisdom there is you know these are these are usually pretty pretty straightforward games that maybe it's worth practicing once or twice with just to make sure you've got a good handle on it and making sure that the students can kind of respond quickly, especially if they have to download something or if they have to like go to a certain website. But they can be a really great tool for getting students 
connected to you. And again, students love and live on their phones. And so it's a great way to take a technology that's already kind of out there and utilize it for kind of a ministry good and game. Absolutely. So, and there's no mess. There's no mess, which is kind of great, Chad. I love it when there's yeah. no mess with a game. So that's good. <laughs> okay, so you gave us great categories, maybe some ideas, some suggestive games. But why, why again, I just I, 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 I get it. I get it. But why are we doing this? Like, why, why do these games matter? Like, why, why does it matter if I have to think about, like, the mix or the ratio of the games that I'm playing? Like... All games are dumb anyway, Chad. Why do I care? Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> well, you know, I think, you know, while these games may be frustrating, like we talked about earlier, it connects with our younger students, but also it allows us to communicate in some different ways, right? If we're only thinking through, um, like, what is happening right in front of us, or we're only trying to con- to communicate in our sermons, um, then I think we're missing half the opportunity to teach, right? Like you can incorporate um, some of the biblical principles that you want to talk through inside this game and begin to to get them thinking, right? You kind of get the the will going, and that about, that way, by the time you get up there and begin to preach, they're already thinking in that direction, right? They've already kind of jumped that first roadblock of asking the question, what are we doing here tonight? And I think if we can help with some of that, man, like why not? Right. And and so I I think we've, we've got to break down as many barriers as we can to really communicate more effectively with our students. And so let's be teaching in all directions and not just one time. No, that's good. And I think I think that effectiveness is really part of it. Like I mean if you if you are thinking that this doesn't make you a more effective minister, you're missing out on what fun really does for a group. It builds community, it, it breaks down barriers, and it really invites your students into the life of the community. Because fun is life, right? Like fun gives life, it creates joy, it's humorous, it's exciting. As great of a teacher and as dynamic of a, of a speaker as you may be, you will never be able to bring like that softening and that energy and that humor and joy like having some silly games. The game doesn't have to be great for it to be a great game. Like, Don't overthink it. Don't overplay it. But do make sure it's part of your ministry strategy, platform, and programming. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for joining us at After 9. And we hope to see you guys next week. listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your story.